This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Drilled to center field and deep. Back out of the seat. To the track. To the wall. It's gone! Kevin Longoria with a two-run home run to straightaway center, and he gives the Rays a 6-4 lead here in the ninth. Coming up, we'll recap the action from this past week, take a look around Major League Baseball, and sit down for in-depth interviews with the biggest names in the game. The 2-2 now. Check swing on the slider. Strike three. Chris Archer jumps off the mound and bounces his way to the dugout. Here's your host. Neil Solons. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to our show. This week, we'll hear from Alex Cobb about his recovery from Tommy John surgery. We'll catch up with the retiring Grand Balfour and former race catcher Stephen Vogt. We'll look at the week gone by with Doug Wechter of Fox Sports Sun. Check in on A-Ball affiliate Bowling Green with their manager, Ronaldo Ruiz. And look at the AL Central with MLB.com's Anthony Kastrovitz. We continue on this week in race baseball. Our feature guest this week is right-hander Alex Cobb. And Alex, you're now just over a year from Tommy John surgery. I'm sure fans first want to know how you're doing. Yeah, uh, as of this last month, things have been going really well for me. Um, you know, there's ups and downs going uh, in the beginning part of it. Uh, when you first start playing catch, things are you know you have your good days, bad days, and we talk about the the rehab of Tommy John in its entirety as a marathon. Um, but getting towards the end, it really does start to become a more of a sprint, and I feel like I'm I'm easing into that sprint type of mentality um, going into these next couple of months. So I'm very eager. Um, I've watched enough baseball to drive me crazy, and just uh, have that burning desire to get back out there. As you sprint, what are you doing at this point? How far are you along in terms of your rehab? Yeah, you transfer into a um, building mode of. Um, kind of trying to condition that ligament into a introduction into baseball again to um, that aggressive pitching nature that we need to get it to, um, which is completely different than um, just picking up a ball and playing catch with a, a trainer or, um, you know, another guy playing catch. So you get into that baseball mentality, that pitching aggressiveness, uh, batters getting in there, um, not thinking about the elbow at all and only thinking about pitching and getting guys out. Does it feel like it's been a year? Does it feel longer? Does it feel shorter? Um, day to day, like, yeah, right, right right, now when you're asking me, I'm like, yeah, it feels like five years. But um, when I look at it over an, you know, the entire time and realize I only have a couple months left and try to remember everything going on, it, it goes by quicker, which is, you know, it's, it's it kind of contradicts each other. But, um, you know, when I, when I think about it, Day to day, it's like yeah, every day kind of dra- drags out a little bit, but at the same time, it's going by, got by pretty quickly. They say absence makes the heart grow fonder. Has it allowed you to gain a greater appreciation for what you had and what you will have back? No doubt. Um, you know, unfortunately, I've had a few DL stints in my career, 
and whether it's you know missing some time due to a blister or pulled oblique or whatever the, the surgery whatever the case may be just being away from the game for you know 15 days at a time um it's it's very difficult you know it, it's it, it's even more difficult when um you see your guys go out there on a home stand then they pack up their bags and they're headed out on a flight and you're headed back to the house so those are the most difficult times that's when it really hits you because when the team's back you kind of feel part of the team you know it's no different than one of those one in between those four days in between your start days where you're just kind of riding the bench and cheering your guys on but when they go on the road it's it's very difficult how's the race staff been through all this because we know they have a great reputation for helping guys stay successful physically um i couldn't ask for a better organization to be put in to go through not only the past injuries that i've been through but the tommy john surgery itself um you look at a lot of organizations that have had a lot of tommy john guys and it seems to be that their failure rate is higher than most um knowing what the rays do it's everything is to the extreme of caution um and you know that i don't think fans really appreciate that from what the way the the player views that you know obviously i want to get back out there and um pitch but they know better for my long-term career um going forward that the best thing for me to do is to prolong that rehab um into that 14 15 month range rather than the 12 13 month range that a lot of teams and ownerships want their uh, training staff to get those guys back to because they want the product on the field and you understand that but um the rays take a different approach and they they know that um not only for themselves as an organization, but me as an individual going forward, uh, the excessive amount of time off will will be better for me in the long run. Is it even more appreciated? Look, you were drafted by the Rays and signed by the Rays, but to see them not only do that with you, but we're going to talk about Chase Whitley, who you've been working out with, Johnny Venters, Neil Wagner, guys outside the organization who they brought in, who they still treat in the same way. Hey, we care about your long-term health. Yeah, man, you talk to you get an even better perspective when you do talk to those guys. Um, you know, I don't want to say another team's business, but one of those four guys that you mentioned, um, we looked at their throwing program versus um, where they are would be at at this moment versus where the Rays would have them at this moment. And it's just you look at it and you're blown away by um, the difference, the aggressiveness um, between the two clubs. So um, you appreciate that. You understand that a lot of thought and um, work went into making that program for, for the Rays and um, their philosophy and, and taking care of their guys. Who's been most helpful among players in this whole process as you try and work your way back from Tommy John surgery? Yeah, I don't want to single out one particular person because every stage um, I've been able to go to somebody different. And I feel like I've been so blessed through this entire process to um, I don't want to name one individual person that's really helped me the most because, you know, I spent some time out in Arizona where the guys out there were great for me, um, came back here and um, been able to work with I mean, I don't know too many places that have had that have four Tommy John guys, five really. I mean, we got Birch Smith down there too recovering. Um, that's very rare to have that many guys um, rehabbing together. So 
I can bounce questions off anybody. I mean, there's not a guy that you can't go to that doesn't experience, hasn't experienced something that you're going through at that um, that time. So, um, you know, I, I'm every day with Chase Whitley. We're working with each other every single day, motivating each other, um, pushing each other to get better, um, not just on the throwing aspect, but physical aspect of getting stronger, um, getting better endurance. Um, so that's, you know, that's a huge bonus for me. Um, and then obviously you got Matt Moore, who's gone through that, whole thing last year um went through the ups and downs the extremes of it um and is one of my closer friends um on in in the on the team and outside of this team so uh being able to pick his brain every single day is obviously helping too and it's so rare to have a guy who's basically on the same schedule chase whitley's on almost the exact same schedule as you in terms of the comeback so rare for tommy john yeah i mean we joke a lot. He jokes about it more more than I do, but he he he's convinced that they let me go bring him in as my little pet to <laughs> kind of motivate me and 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 play along with me to to keep me focused. So, um, you know, we joke with it, but it is completely rare. Um, you know, I I I obviously have a lot of time to think about it. I'm like, man, if every organization could somehow do this or pull this off, it would um, definitely help both those guys that are going through it. And you mentioned Matt Moore. You know, I think when he was coming back, he kind of looked at what he was and watched games and said, I want to be reinvent myself or I want to be different in this way. Have you kind of thought about that, too, or how you want to be better or how you want to improve once you are able to pitch in games again? You got to be very careful with that. Um, you know, we always we, we, we're watching so much baseball right now and we're seeing all these different pitchers, you know, I can go up and down our starting rotation and say what every single guy is really good at. And we notice that more that we watch it on TV every day. So we're like, man, if he can do it, I can do it. So you want to develop that pitch. You know, I'm not going to go throw a 92-mile-an-hour slider like uh, Chris Archer does or, um, you know, you can go up and down the line what everybody does good. And you want to take what they do and you want to apply it to yourself. But you got to be smart and you got to realize, like, hey, I'm not that. Um, I got to the big leagues this way. Um, being good at this particular pitch or this particular philosophy of pitching, so you got to kind of take a step back and realize, okay, you know, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to hone in on what I do well. What is that? I mean, I would, as an outsider, I would think it's your heart and your head are the two things that have gotten you where you are. Well, um, yeah, I think the the overall competitive nature um, allows you to to hone in all those specific skill sets that you have been given and have acquired over the time. Um, you just want to be better at those, you know, and um, I, I, I truly feel like I have to um, pitch at a, in, a, in a way that um, I can't really relate to, you know, those other guys. So um, I've got my particular set of skills, um, locating the fastball, um, mixing my pitches, um, making sure guys aren't able to sit on one particular pitch and I have to prove that I can throw all those pitches in and out of the zone whenever I want. So um, that's what I have to get good at and that's what I have to get back to to pitch again. During this stretch, you can drive yourself crazy. What have you done when you're away from rehab, away from the field, to kind of occupy your time? Um, I wish I did a lot of other things. Um, I wish I got better at, you know, I could have picked up try to pick up another language I could have gotten into reading more books something productive but um, I actually bought a um, a 1977 Ford Bronco um, 
early in my rehab and my kind of routine would be go get my work done from about 8 to 2.33 in the afternoon, stop by my mechanic's place, um, watch him work on the Bronco for a while, uh, tell him what I want to do, this and that, restore it. It took about a good seven, eight months to restore it to the point where I want it to. It's still breaking down on me, but, <laughs> you know, that's, you know, it's just a fun thing to that I got to get away from the game and get away from baseball for a little bit and put my time into that. So your hobby would be now trying to restore cars, sort of? I don't touch it. <laughs> I let them touch it. Um, I tell them, I point at what I want done and um, kind of let my imagination go a little wild with that. My dad, I grew up with, um, my dad had a 68 Ford Mustang, still has it. Um, so it brought back some good memories of just the smell of the fuel in the air and drives the same way. And uh, so it, it was fun for me to, to be able to build that. How about your dogs? I mean, it seems like every member of the staff has dogs. You've got Oscar and Axel. Oscar, you picked up actually last spring. That's right. They, they're full-time, no doubt. Um, they've both been through probably three sessions of training. Um, we, we have to set them up with some good trainers. And Oscar's a little bit more difficult. You know, he's lived on the street for about, they think, about two years or so. So getting that... Um, you know, that mentality out of him where everything, he's just very prey-driven. He wants to see another dog. He wants to eat it. He wants to eat squirrels. He wants to eat everything. Um, so, you know, trying to get that out of him has been difficult. Um, tries to eat people, honestly, you know, when they first come in, and then he's best friends with them. So they're a lot of fun. I love them to death. Um, one of the best things I thought about that this morning when he jumps on my bed and wakes me up, that is, I'm very happy to have him. You also are an uncle now. Um, your brother RJ obviously uh, served our country and well, and I know is what is still doing some ROTC training for. What uh, what is it meant to be an uncle? And have you got this other than FaceTime? Have you got any time up there? During my surgery, uh, one of the good things that came out of that was I was able to immediately go up there and um, see my my niece Jade, and that was a moment that you know it was, she was new newborn, and I was able to kind of see her at every stage so far he came out to um arizona during thanksgiving so i've you know he sends pictures and videos every day so i feel like i'm watching her grow but um, they're actually coming down next weekend so i'll be able to see her again then and he just dropped a little news on me that he's expecting a, a baby boy now so they've got uh she's she's about four months in and um already got a name picked out gonna call him luke so i'm very excited to he feels like he's pushing me to get my life going a little bit too. So, um, you know, it's awesome to, to get to see his family grow. Well, congratulations on that. And I know you also do some community work. You did chip in for hope this spring. And in the past, I know you went to the Dominican on some missions. Is that kind of in your future again? Yeah, we're going to, you know, it got weird last year during the off season. I was out in Arizona. Um, we were still trying to plan a trip down to the Dominican, but, um, everybody seemed to either be getting married or having a baby, uh, during that time frame, so it just really didn't perspire into anything. But this next off season, I know we're aiming to get back down there, even if it's a handful of guys. Um, it's just such a great trip for us um, as a group to to go down and experience a, a different culture and really see, um, you know, see if we can we can help out um, their community through 
a common ground in baseball that a game we both we both cultures really seem to love so um, we're able to have that common ground and really help out each other but um, yeah this off season was very I was very fortunate to be able to have um, a great um, charity event at Top Golf with um, we were able to bring out 70 plus kids to go out and just swing away and have some good food and um, play with each other and do whatever they wanted to do and then you know obviously we had the event afterwards but um, after we got to see the looks on those kids face everything else was gravy. Hopefully those kids are going to see you back on the mound soon. Have you let your mind wander to that moment what it's going to be like to be back on a big league diamond and and how often does your mind escape there? Every day I think about it right now that you're saying it you know I'm picturing myself every time I watch a game um, I like to try to play along with the pitcher and um really there's a different mindset that you can look you know you can watch the game and then you you know obviously I have the perspective to where I can try to put myself on the mound in that situation and I can think about um, you know visualizing that pitch that I want to throw uh, working on executing it so it keeps the mind kind of sharp it keeps you kind of taking I, I like to call them mental reps uh, mental games and it gets exhausting you know you, you have to mentally be locked in for uh, six, seven innings, and doing it on the couch is a little more difficult than when you're out on the mound, but, you know, it's a little bit of conditioning from my mind. Well, we're looking forward to the day when it counts for real and continued success on the rehab, and we'll see you soon. Yeah, thank you, Neil. That's Alex Cobb joining us in this week in Race Baseball. We continue after this on the Race Baseball Network. Welcome back to This Week in Race Baseball. I'm Neil Solons. The week started with a Sunday game against the Oakland A's. Now a prominent member of the Rays and the A's on some playoff teams throughout the first pitch, Grant Balfour retired earlier the month, and the Rays invited him to throw out a first pitch in that Sunday game. I asked Grant what the experience was like. I think when you get the chance to throw out the first pitch and realize how it felt when you threw that pitch, then you know it was, it was probably time to retire. <laughs> but um, no, it was enjoyable. You know, having Oakland who has uh, been a, yeah. A fair chunk of my career with there, and uh, had some great times, and and coming back here with the Rays, um, yeah, it was uh, just another memorable moment that uh, I can look back on, and I really appreciate it from uh, from the Rays organization to bring me out today. Was it almost the perfect way to to finish and to wrap it up to be able to do it with those two teams on the field? Yeah, that was, it was pretty neat. I must admit, you know, uh, when they called me and asked me if I wanted to do that, they said, uh, you know, it would be nice if you could do it with Oakland in town. So uh, it was, it was really neat. Appreciate it. And you're still obviously living in the area, I guess, finally getting a little more family time? Yeah, I'm not a Rays player anymore. I'm a Rays fan, you know. Um, so I enjoy the games and, uh, you know, flick the games on, and I'm sure I'll come out to one or two games here and, and check them out. But, uh, yeah, just uh, enjoying life at home with the family, kids, and, and doing some other things that, you know, wasn't able to do when uh, you got the hectic life of baseball because it, it takes up a lot of your time. You, ha- you had your best moments with the Rays and the A's. What are your best moments with the Rays? I mean, you know, always uh, we, we come here to the ballpark every day, prepare and go through that grind, as they call it, um, to get to that World Series. So obviously 2008, to get to the World Series, it's the pinnacle to win it would have been awesome, obviously. But um, to get there in 2008, the World Series, and then the way we did it, the fashion we did it, uh, definitely one of the highlights. And you started that career in the minor leagues and ended up in the big leagues with the Rays, and it really was kind of your breakthrough year. Yeah, it was. I mean, uh, you know, I came up with the with the Twins and um, had a little bit of time there with the Brewers, but uh, really took off there with the Rays for sure and asked into where I made my mark here. So, uh, yeah. 
I think most people remember the, the battle you had against the White Sox and, and the moment, but what are the games, pitches, moments that stick out to you individually? Jeez. Uh, individually, I mean, you, you look at, I guess, the games sort of towards the end of the year, I guess, because it really comes down to, you know, September where you've, you put yourself in a position to get to the playoffs, which is what we're trying to do. And, um, you know, getting to September and those games where, it, you know, in Oakland there it was the last game of the year and um, just just times like that where, you you know, they, they seem to come across as the most memorable. I mean, just things that you, you, you won't think maybe were possible and uh, you just keep believing and, and it comes out in the end. It's uh, gratifying, yeah. How about the moments with the A's? Because you almost became a cult hero with that club. Yeah, I mean, they were, they were great to me, you know. The, uh, the fans out there are awesome. Um, you know, to this day, I, I appreciate everything they did for me. They, they took me in, uh, and, and that's what it's all about. When you go out there on the mound, you got that confidence, and when you, you got all those people behind you, uh, it really lifts you up and, and brings the best out in you. What are you proudest to being an Australian? As I mean, there aren't that many who've been at the yeah. big leagues, and there aren't many who have been as successful as you. You and Graham Lloyd are probably the top two in terms of pitching. Yeah, um, you know, there's. I think there was another guy who just got called up actually uh, yesterday. So uh, and then Peter Moylan back in the big leagues again. I saw. So uh, I think we're somewhere in the 30s or something or other guys that have been up. But uh, yeah, to have the career I did and the length of career. Um, you know, I remember my first year coming over with the Twins, 97, going to the minor leagues, going to Fort Myers, and just, you know, to know that I ended up playing 19 years was, uh, it was unbelievable. I, um, you know, I couldn't ask for any more, and uh, hopefully now I can hand over the torch to one of these other Aussies to step up and, and do the same thing. Well, a great journey that you were on, and hopefully the next part of your journey is a great one too. Thanks for a few minutes. All right, thanks, mate. Appreciate it. And that's Grant Balfour, who retired this month and threw out Sunday's first pitch. Before we continue, let's pause for station identification on the Rays Baseball Network. This is Tampa Bay Sports Radio. To the wall! Gone! 620 WDAE St. Petersburg and 95.3 FM, home of the Rays. Neil Solon's with you on this week in Rays Baseball. Now on the field for that A's game with Grant Balfour throwing out a first pitch with Stephen Vogt, who actually started his career as a Rays draft pick. And I asked Stephen if it still means a great deal to come back. Yeah, it's uh, it's always special to come back here. There's such an area with just so many memories, uh, great people that have really helped me in my career and in, in creating the person that I am. Uh, you know, just coaches, mentors, friends, uh, just great people around me that uh, have helped form who I am. And so it's really f- special and fun to come back here. Who are you still close to? I still keep in touch with Chris Archer, uh, Matt Moore, Alex Cobb. It's always good to see those guys. And obviously Tim Beckham, and, you know, we, we had a good relationship and we played together. But uh, Jamie Nelson, Charlie Montoyo, Derek Shelton, um, Tom Foley. I mean, the list goes on and on of just people who have really helped me. Uh, Scott Kersey, just and the whole staff, just just everybody has been so special to me. I just trying to name them all. I, I know I'm forgetting somebody, but um, you know, still really really close with uh, Jamie Nelson. We text on almost an every other week uh, basis. It's uh, it's really good. And I know that Jared Sandberg has had a, obviously a major impact on you and continues to work with you in the off season in, in the state of Washington. Yeah, and you know he's the one person that you know with the Rays organization that's not here that uh, he's impacted my career more than anybody. He's a good friend. Um, He's, he's uh, helped me a lot as far as who I am and uh, the type of hitter I am, and he just continues to help me become a better baseball player. And 
Uh, Jared Sandberg is a very special person to me, yes. For you, it's the first time we were getting together with you since you made an all-star team. We knew it was probably a likelihood, but what was that experience like and what did it mean in terms of your overall career? It was it was just so great. You know, uh, my whole career, everybody's been always oh, old for his level. He's uh, this, he's that. Um, there's always been kind of an explanation as to why I've had success. And, you know, you get chosen by your peers as a major league all-star. Uh, no one can take that away from you. There's no downplaying that. And um, that was such a special few days and to share it with Chris Archer. You know, we that was our both of our first all-star action was back together. And, you know, having caught him for a couple years, uh, in the Rays organization and getting to share that moment with him on baseball's biggest stage. It was uh, it was a lot of fun for both of us. We really enjoyed it. What kind of brains did you pick of others? Uh, because some people use that as an opportunity or, or to just get to know guys that maybe you don't get to talk to because you're competing. Um, you know, I, I didn't try and I just tried to enjoy the moment. I, I picked some brains, I guess, as far as watching guys and things they did. Uh, I talked to Russell Martin a little bit about the way he frames pitches and uh, just to try and see if I could learn anything, you know, from him. I really, I really, you know, appreciate what he, the calls he gets back there, I guess you could say. But, um, you know, I just tried to soak it all in. And it, it took a while for me to even uh, grasp the, the fact that I was in the locker room with a lot of those guys. So it was a, it was a very special couple of days. And you had mentioned age earlier. You're now, I would consider, an established veteran of this group. What is that like? It's, uh, it's crazy, you know, to go, to go from being the, the 28-year-old with no experience in the big leagues to a 31-year-old veteran. It happened pretty quick. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it's funny how this game works. And, um, you know, I'm just so fortunate that uh, both the Tampa Bay Rays and the Oakland A's have given me an opportunity to prove myself at the major league level. And uh, I just can't thank these guys enough for the opportunities that I've been given. And to play on the West Coast where you're from? It's huge. Um, you know, I miss a lot of people out here on the East Coast. We, you know, my wife Alyssa and I have had so much fun these last two days just kind of reminiscing and getting to see some familiar faces out here. But being back close to home on the West Coast is obviously great. We're, we get to go to our house when we're in Seattle. My, I grew up three hours from Oakland, so it's a, it's a, it's a very special feeling to be playing close to home. And you're, you've got two children, uh, Peyton and Clark, four and one. Does Peyton really kind of grasp what, what Daddy's doing now at four? Yeah, she's starting to get it a little bit. She knows that Daddy plays baseball on TV, and, uh, you know, she understands that this is what, you know, our life is, is that we, we live in our home in the wintertime and we live in our apartment during the uh, season. And, you know, but she, she is, she's starting to understand that Daddy did this. And when we got back to Tampa, she said, hey, we've, she remembered the hotel, whether it's from pictures or whatever. But, and uh, so it's just fun to see her come back and for some of the guys here in Tampa to see how much she's grown up. It's been fun. Does she realize your personality and sense of humor yet, and does she have any of it? Oh, yeah. She's already quoting movies, and she'll change her voice and do different personalities. She's uh, she's definitely very similar to her daddy. She uh, She's always having fun and just smiling and uh, just loves life. I think anyone who watches the commercials that the A's do as a group to promote the season um, admire what they've accomplished. How much did you have of involvement, creative involvement, and which one is your favorite, either this year or past years? Um, I think I'd got to go with, as far as my favorite goes, these are the referee one from last year. Uh, some of the new ones this year, the Trust Fall, um, actually the Trust Fall commercial that we did this year, Sean Doolittle and I actually wrote that. And um, so the, we've gotten to know our director for those commercials, DJ, really well, and he's actually let Sean and I kind of 
write three we wrote three commercials that you'll that you'll see that come out this year and so uh we've we had a great time with those and then he's kind of let us do some directing when we're shooting them and it's uh it's been a lot of fun just to kind of get into the the whole atmosphere of the um of the commercials and the production side has it led to any more uh, endorsements or opportunities yet <laughs> not yet hopefully one day it'll lead to some uh some different things but uh, i just enjoy doing them I'm, i love having fun and laughing and uh just being myself well, it's great to see you having fun. Keep it up, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks, Neil. Great catching up. And it's always good catching up with Stephen Vogt. Now the A's, an all-star last year, and one of the true good guys in the game. We'll come back with Doug Wachter of Fox Sports Sun. You're listening to This Week in Rays Baseball on the Rays Baseball Network. Back to This Week in Rays Baseball. I'm Neil Solons. Let's take a look at the week gone by. Joining us now from Fox Sports Sun is one Doug Wachter. Doug, thanks for being with us. Neilio, what's up, buddy? Uh, well, you know, I, I was going to talk pitching to start, but after what happened yesterday with Kevin Kiermeyer getting injured, obviously that's uh, that's front and center. And you know, what yeah. was your take when you heard or saw the injury, and how big in your mind is his loss? Well, it's a huge blow, and you know, not just defensively. Obviously, the first thing that comes to mind is you know how much you're going to lose defensively, but offensively, it looked like he was turning some things around. He was looking really good at the plate. You even heard him on his post-game interview. He's talking about offensively. You know, he feels comfortable at the plate now. So that's going to be a loss right there. But I think the biggest loss is the morale. I mean, you're on the field. And to take him out of this lineup and to take him away from the clubhouse, you know, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough for these guys. And they're going to have to have somebody else step up and kind of be that rallying call and uh, see if they can fill his shoes until he can get back. How does it impact the pitching staff, too? Because I've got to imagine, as a former pitcher yourself, Doug, there's got to be some comfort level in knowing you have a guy, if a ball is hit well, that he's got a really good chance to turn it into an out, regardless of how well it's hit. Well, yeah, that's an awesome question, because honestly, as a pitcher myself, I once had Rocket Ball Belly, Carl Crawford in the outfield one. And when I would throw, knowing that those guys are roaming left center field, I could leave balls. I, I could be more aggressive pitching in the zone. I could throw strikes. It allowed me to get ahead of hitters, knowing that I'm not trying to get everybody out on a strikeout. You know, I can let them hit the ball. I want them to hit the ball. So as a pitcher, you can be more aggressive in the strike zone, get ahead of hitters, and get quicker outs, knowing that you got a defense like that and a defensive center fielder uh, like Kiermaier behind you. With him being out, you know, it's going to be tough. Uh, you still have major league talent roaming the outfield. I mean, James will have to step up. He's got some speed. He can play a good outfield. Um, it looks like Mikey Matuk might be filling in the role, and I really like Matuk and what he brings. But, I mean, you know, seriously, there's nobody else like Kiermaier in the mm-hmm. league. I mean, this guy is hes probably the best outfielder, and, you know, he got a couple of awards last year showing it. Uh, he's the best center fielder in the game. So you take that out of anybody's lineup defensively, and that's, that's a huge loss. And, and, you know, to couple with the fact that you've lost Logan Forsyth, I mean, you know, I think Andy Freed hit it on the broadcast yesterday. Really, KK, Logan, and Longo are the three guys that Kevin Cash considered his everyday players, and now you're without two of the three for who knows how long. Yeah, well, you're taking away options, and the Rays pride themselves on having so many options. And with Kiermaier, you can put him, you know, different spots in the lineup if you want to. His speed, you know, allows him to do so many different things and to be a weapon. And now that you're talking about, you know, Forsyth with his injury as well, you know, it's limiting what the Rays are going to be able to do. Um, Forsyth's obviously a bigger loss offensively. He plays a great defense, uh, you know, second base. He, he can roam around. He can do a lot of things. But his offense, I mean, you know, he's been our most clutch hitter and our best hitter, honestly, for the last year and a half. 
So now you're missing him, and now you're missing your best defensive player as well. And, you know, we're just going to hopefully hold down the fort until these guys can come back and not fall behind. You know, they're, they're playing pretty well right now. Yes. And so if they can just continue to play where they're at, you know, kind of hover around what, what they're doing, and then once we get these guys back in the lineup, it'll give them a little uh, shot of adrenaline, so to say. And uh, it can do a lot of good things. But now is the time just to try to regroup. Uh, see who can fill in and see if we can, you know, hold off until uh, the injuries pass. You mentioned you like Mikey Matsuk. What did you like about him so much in September, and, and what's important that he carries over? Well, <laughs> this is not going to sound like a compliment, but it's meant to. Uh, Mikey Matsuk, to me, is like a, I wouldn't say poor man's Kiermaier, the way he plays the outfield. He, he's like a lesser Kevin Kiermaier, I guess you can say, and I mean that in a good way. He has the same aggressive nature. As Kiermaier, he goes out there, he's almost a little reckless at times, but he makes plays that a lot of other guys cannot make. He's got a lot of speed. He has a cannon for an arm. He showed it off in spring training a couple times last year when I saw him. And uh, ever since then, I mean, really, I love the way he roams the outfield. I think he's a very natural outfielder. Uh, His jumps, he gets really good jumps on the ball. He reads the ball well. So defensively, he's going to be good. Uh, Offensively, he's got a little pop. I like his bat. You know, I think you insert him in the lineup at the right time and put the right guys around him, and he can do some damage offensively. So I really like I like him. I like the move, and hopefully he can step up and uh, show everybody how talented he is. Doug, one other group that needs to step up, I would say starting pitching. Last three weeks, only Matt Andres has gone seven innings. How important is it that the Rays start to get some deeper starts, take pressure off the pen? Well, you nailed it, and I'll tell you what, it's all going to start with our pitcher today in Archer. I know he's 3-0 and in his last five starts, but if you really ask Chris, you know, how, how you feel like you're pitching right now, he's going to tell you it's not, it's not him. He's not there yet. Um, last year we're so used to seeing him go deep into the games. He was one of the guys they allowed to go a little bit deeper in the game. And, you know, every time he took the ball, it was like you thought there might be a chance for either a no-hitter or a shutout. And right now, you know, his slider just hasn't been as consistent as it was last year. That was his main pitch. And you see him almost uh, just maybe not finishing the pitch as much. The, the, the pitch is a little more elevated this year, and I think once he gets that pitch back into his routine, you're going to see him go deeper in the games. I know he's used the changeup a little bit more this year. Um, but, yeah, it's really – with him, it's going to be fastball command and that slider. If he can get that going, you will see him getting deeper into the games. And that right there is going to take all the pressure off your bullpen. I know we've had some guys struggling in the bullpen recently especially. Um, but, really, if you can get our starting pitching to go six, seven innings and cut down the amount of outs – that you have to get out of your bullpen in these high-pressure situations, you know, things will play out better. It's always a good thing when your starting pitcher is in there in the seventh inning battling for another inning. Doug, well said. Thanks for a few minutes. Hey, you're the man, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. That's Doug Wechter of Fox Sports Sun. Now let's take a look at the Rays and the Miners. Low-A Bowling Green, one of three Rays affiliates, 500 or better so far. Their second-year manager is Ronaldo Ruiz. Ronaldo, thanks for a few minutes. Thanks for having me. Give me a feel for this season so far. How would you describe it? I know you have a very young team, even for low A. A lot of energy. Definitely this kid uh, had a lot of energy, and it's uh, good to have these uh, uh, kind of player with uh, high energy. I know you've got a lot of energy from a number of areas. So let's start with the pitching staff. You know, you have one kid who you had last year, Henry Centeno, uh, and he's come back with a vengeance. Uh, 5-0 and start, a below-1 ERA. What's different from last year to this year? Well, he's more aggressive now. He's found uh, uh, the strike zone. He's uh, uh, throwing more strikes now, especially with the off-speed pitches, and it's working for him. He's doing a good job for us. He's uh, 
like you say, he has five and zero, and, and and he's been pitching really good for us. And uh, uh, I think he's uh, uh, one of the best pitchers in the league. Do you think he was maybe motivated a little bit by you know coming back to the same level, or do you think he learned something from last year that's helping him this year? I think yeah, he learned definitely. He learned something from uh, last year, and uh, this year it's kind of like he wants to prove everybody that. Uh, that he belongs to the next level, and and, and and he's doing it. He's showing everybody that he's uh, ready to uh, move up to the next level. He's one of two kids uh, on the mound who's really been impressive this year, and I had heard in, in uh, spring training about the other, uh, Genesis Cabrera, who was in Princeton last year. He also has a below-1 ERA so far. I heard he has great stuff. Tell me what uh, you can about this youngster. He's a left in the pitcher with the, he, he throws a lot of strikes. He throws 95, 93 miles per hour, and he can locate all pitches for strikes. So that's a, that's good to have the, uh, for a young young pitcher like him. It's very impressive to have a, a, a that kind of stuff. So uh, we very excited about him, and, and, and he has a, a big ceiling. Usually, when you go from Princeton in rookie ball all the way to the Midwest League, there's growing pains. Does he have not only the pitches, but some pretty good mound presence, too? He does have a good mound presence. He's kind of like, you know, he wants to get people out. He wants to get all about us out. And you you can see he's uh, very aggressive, and, and, and the mound presence is, is, is impressive, too. So uh, for a young, young pitcher like him, it's very, very encouraging to have uh, uh, that type of pitchers. We're chatting with Ronaldo Ruiz. He's the manager for the Bowling Green Hot Rods. And, Ronaldo, I know you're a guy who's a former catcher. So let's touch on the two catchers you have. First, David Rodriguez. Um, I know he was someone the Rays thought highly of when they signed him um, and uh, brought him through their academy. He's excelling defensively, and it looks like his bat's coming along, too. He's doing a good job here. He's uh, he's a young player, too. He's 20, 21 years old. And... Um, He's doing a good job behind the play. He can block the ball. He can receive well. He throw. He's throwing a lot of guys out at second base, and and he's doing a good job for us. He, and also he's swinging the bat well. So it's a good combination. You know, uh, have a catcher that can uh, swing the bat and also be good behind the play. So uh, we're excited about him, and hopefully he can continue to play in the same way and, and and see how how it goes. The other catcher that you have is Brett Sullivan. He's the guy who was drafted last year and was converted from infield to catcher. I know he's your best RBI guy. Um, what's he meant to you offensively, and how's it been his adjustment to catching? Well, offensively, he's uh, I mean a power left hitter. You know, he's uh, doing a good job here. He's uh, uh, putting good numbers, and uh, he got uh, six home runs already. So he's doing a good job offensively. Defensively, he's still you know a little raw. It's uh, his first time he's uh, <clears throat> catching, and, and he's doing a good job. He's a lot of energy. He needs to work on his receiving a little bit more, and he needs to uh, uh, work on his uh, forward. Uh, but uh, he has a lot of energy. He's a kid that has an idea how to work with the pitchers. He's doing a good job with all the pitching staff. So it's very encouraging to have uh, uh, a kid like him that's willing to, to work, willing to learn, and and. and and with the kind of bat that he has, it's going to be a, a, a very plus uh, to uh, have him behind the play and also with a good bat. You've got a guy in the middle of your infield who's really been an anchor so far this season, Jay Cronenworth. You know, I look at his numbers. He was Hudson Valley's MVP last year, and his on-base percentage has been between 450 and 470. Has he been that good so far? He, Yeah, he's been really, really good at the play. He's uh, taken a lot of walks, seen a lot of pitches. 
and, and, and it's going to buy really well for us. So uh, he's an athlete, and, and, and he's very, you know, uh, very professional, and uh, he works hard. And uh, like I said, at the play, he's, I mean, he's doing a really good job at seeing a lot of pictures. He's been doing a great job uh, being our leadoff guy. So we're happy, we're uh, uh, excited about him, and you got a, a high feeling too. You've got some other kids who are very young with a high ceiling I want to touch on. One came over in the trade from the Colorado Rockies. Kevin Padlow's hit some homers, had a lot of walks, not hitting for a high average, but I heard how re- impressive he was in spring training. He's, uh, he's Even though you know his batting average is not that good right now, but uh, you can see that uh, in, in, he's going you know, to start seeing the butt better. He's seeing a lot of pitches, he's taking a lot of walks, he's... He, he, he has uh, five home runs already, and he also uh, driving uh, a lot of runs in. So uh, we're excited about him. He's only 19 years old. He's a good, good defender too. He's uh, he playing really good third baseman for us, and and then this kid has a you know a big you know high ceiling, and he's uh, he has some power. I mean, this kid's showing that he can, they can he can hit the ball long long way. He hit a ball on uh, Peoria over. 440-something feet. So this kid is really strong. It's exciting to see this kid swing the bat. And uh, I know he's going to be, uh, uh, he's going to end up with better numbers. But so far, we're happy and we're excited about this kid. Another kid I know the organization has been excited about for a couple of years as he moved for, uh, through rookie ball is uh, outfielder Angel Moreno. Uh, how has he fared in this, his first season of full season ball? He's uh, 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 he's doing a good job, even though he's uh, he. He was on the DL right now, but uh, um, he's he's doing a good job for us. He's uh, stealing more bases now. He's doing about well. He's uh, covering a lot of ground in our field. He's one of the best center fields in the league, and he's young. He's 19 years old, and uh, it's uh, it's exciting to see uh, how this kid is uh, and you know growing and maturing. I had him when he was in Princeton, and uh, you can see the uh, the the growing and the, and, and the and the maturing. On him, so we're excited about him too. He's a young player with a lot of talent. Well, we look forward to hearing, uh, you know, more positive reports about all these kids and more during the course of the summer. Ronaldo, thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate your time on this week in Rays baseball. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And that's Ronaldo Ruiz, manager for Bowling Green, the Rays A-ball affiliate. Back to the major league side. Rays, of course, meeting the Tigers, trying to win the rubber game of three in a series at Comerica. And joining us now to discuss the AL Central uh, from MLB.com, and you often see him a fair amount on MLB Network, too. That's Anthony Castrovince. Anthony, thanks very much for being with us. No problem, Neil. Happy to be on, man. Let's start from the bottom up. I mean, Minnesota yesterday uh, came back, beat the Blue Jays, an AL East team, just their 11th win of the season. Uh, yeah. Before we look at the top, how surprised are you that they have played as they have through the first 40-plus games? Yeah, to me, that's one of the biggest surprises in baseball. Even if you thought uh, the, the Twins were going to take a step back this season after a remarkable rise up the standings in, in 2015 because there were some things uh, from a you know clutch numbers standpoint and, and, uh, and some questions about some of their young guys. But even if you thought they were going to take a step back, I don't think anybody foresaw them taking this long to get to 11 wins. Uh, really been stunning for them. Byron Bucks to have to go back down to the minors and um, just just hasn't come together as planned in general. So it's been one of the more brutal starts to the season. On the flip side, you've got a White Sox team that's starting to come back to earth, but they're still right at the top of the division. What surprises you about Chicago through the first quarter? Yeah, I, I think their defense has probably been the most eye-opening thing. Uh, they obviously uh, made some some aggressive moves to to try to inject 
some offense into that club uh, after the way things went last year. And, and really, they haven't set the world aflame offensively at all. Todd Frazier has been good for them, but um, it's not like they've, they've jumped in the category of elite offense. But their defense has been so much better than last year. It's gone from one of the worst in the majors to one of the best here in the early going. Adam Eaton has been uh, uh, really great for them in right field, making the transition for center field. So that's made the Austin Jackson signing look good, uh, putting him in center no matter what mm-hmm. they get out of his bat. Um, and that's just helped make the, the pitching staff that much better. And when you got Chris Sale and Jose Quintana, um, those guys are not just one and two in that rotation. They might be one and two in the early uh, AL Cy Young discussion. So, um, so that, that, that's helped them a lot. But, yeah, they've they certainly uh, run into some troubles here in the last week or so. They had a rough road trip and now a rough homestand. And you're going to go through that 162-game schedule. I don't think anybody expects them to run away with the division. So it's getting crowded up there at the top right now. Yeah, and I would say that for all of the uh, American League divisions to this point, we'll get to that in a bit. You know, Detroit, the team the Rays are seeing this weekend, Michael Fulmer was at his best yesterday in his first home start. But by and large, do they have enough starting pitching after uh, Jordan Zimmerman and Justin Verlander to compete with the other teams in this division? No, they got numbers, but yeah, there's definitely a question about the quality of their depth there. Uh, they signed Mike Pelfrey to a two-year deal, and I think uh, a lot of people were kind of curious about that contract because there were, there were a lot of numbers to suggest that the Pelfrey is going to take a step back in the season that he has. Um, you know, Zimmerman was tremendous for them early on, and, and he's leveling off to, to more of his career norm, which is fine. He's, he's a really solid pitcher, at least a number two. Um, and Verlander has been better for them lately. But, uh, but you know, the, the, the health issues Anibal Sanchez has had in recent years, uh, Fulmer's obviously unproven. Daniel Norris is in their system. Uh, you know, a, a well-regarded prospect, but, but ultimately unproven. Um, you know, Shane Green. I mean, they they, they have bodies there. Um, uh, you know, just to just to fill out a season, basically, which is something that they struggled with last season. Um, but yeah, the, the quality of depth is, is very much in question. Certainly, asks a lot of their offense to be able to make up for that. You know, the other two teams in the division are the ones that I would think eventually are the the cream that will rise to the top. It impresses me about Cleveland. I know they lost 9-1 yesterday to Boston and were nearly no hit by Joe Kelly. They've been without Carlos Carrasco for a long stretch. They've really been without Michael Brantley, yet they're still over 500. Yeah, that's really remarkable. That's not something you would have uh, expected going into the season. Michael Brantley looks like their their big X factor. You know, if they can get him on the field and and, and producing, they'll be all right. And if not, who knows? But you're, you're right, Neil. I mean, even when he was on the club, uh, he was somewhat of a non-factor because he wasn't driving the ball like we're accustomed to seeing uh, as a result of, you know, continued shoulder issues, and, and now he's back on the shelf with those shoulder issues. And, and Carrasco, you know, the, the key strength of this club is the rotation, and, and he's a big part of that. He, um, you know, he, he's been as, as good, or if not better, in, in some serious stretches than Corey Kluber, the former Cy Young winner the last couple of years. Uh, but he's been out for about a month now with the hamstring issue. Uh, but they've, they've kept rolling right along. Uh, they've, they've gotten better offense here lately. Didn't show it yesterday, as you mentioned, but um, but they have gotten better offense. And, um, you know, they, they play pretty good defense in the infield, so that helps. But, um, yeah, it, it's certainly a team that's, that's probably just going to hang around as a function of, especially as Carrasco gets healthy, just as a function of, of having a, a strong top three in the rotation. And as you take a look at Kansas City, the defending world champs, it looks to me from afar, and the Rays will see them on their next road trip, like they're starting to find their stride. Do you, do you see the same? Yeah. You know, they, they went through a real rut. It was a good three-week stretch or so where they just were not scoring runs. And, um, you know, 
still not a, a juggernaut offensively and maybe never will be, but um, another thing they were piecing together within that was, was the rotation. It's interesting to see how it's starting to come together because in the last week uh, they lose Chris Medlin and, and Chris Young and uh, Dylan G and Danny Duffy step into those spots and it pitched pretty well for them. So um, be curious to see how that rotation shakes out moving forward. You're down over pitches today. You know, he's, he's a big X factor for them just, uh, as a young guy who's got such great stuff, and we've seen that before, but uh, he's had a lot of inconsistency here this season. Um, but, you know, we, we know, Neil, I mean, their, their formula works, right? I mean, they play mm-hmm. good defense, and they run the bases well. And um, it, As long as they're putting the ball in play, they're fine. It's just they went through a real stretch where it was hard to get anything going offensively. Uh, it- but they got Mike Moustakas back healthy now, so that's going to help a lot. Is it wrong of me to think the team that takes best advantage of uh, the National League clubs and interleague play has the best chance to roll in this division? Because I don't think, other than maybe Minnesota, there are many breaks in the American League schedule. No, there's really not. Uh, you know, we, we see that this year, the, the general parity in the AL. And, um, you know, gosh, the, the Twins are probably the only team here early that's, that's played themselves out of the picture, I would say. Um, so, yeah, it, it, there is something to be said for, for what you do in interleague. You know, last year, no, none of these clubs had a winning record against the Royals, so there, there's something to be said for you know beating the best to be the best. We'll see how that shakes out this year. The White Sox always struggled against the Royals here this weekend um, in what was an interesting early test for them, and they're staying power atop the, uh, excuse me, atop the Central. Well, it should be interesting as we go. Uh, Anthony, great perspective as usual. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, and we'll see which of these Central teams starts kind of taking a step forward over the next quarter. All right, Neil. Sounds good, man. Thank you. Again, that's Anthony Kastrovitz of MLB.com and also MLB Network, and we certainly appreciate he joining us on our show, along with all our guests on today's program, Alex Cobb, Grant Balfour, Stephen Vogt, Doug Wechter, and Ronaldo Ruiz. Hey, $2 Dog Nights presented by KM Franks are twice the fun with $2 Pepsi Fountain Drinks. Double up on the deals when the Rays host intrastate rival the Miami Marlins this coming Wednesday. You can call 888-FAN-RAYS or visit RaysBaseball.com slash specials to find out more certainly appreciate all of our guests on our program if there's a suggestion in terms of what you'd like to see on the show all you have to do is tweet me that's at neil solons uh, we'll see you next week with taylor Motter and soot zimmer among more this is the Rays baseball network